is Andy Wakefield, and this is the Andy Wakefield Podcast. This is a place where stories are told that have never been heard before. Welcome back to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. My name is Lori Gregory. It's a privilege to be here with you, Andy Wakefield. And today we have a very special guest, Jim Moody, constitutional lawyer extraordinaire from D.C. And we've got so much to cover, Andy. I'm just going to kind of launch in here because you have introduced this incredible form that's spreading around like wildfire. And for those of you that don't have a copy yet, I'm just going to put it out there. Go to team1986, team, T-E-A-M, like go team, team1986.com and click on the COVID employer vaccine exemption form. Now, this is a really important form. And Andy, you're going to take us into it. And then Jim can give us some legal perspective on why this is so important. And as you and I know, we've been getting queried about this all around the country. This form is is particularly useful and, and people are downloading it in their thousands because so many people are under threat from employers. Uh, get vaccinated or lose your job. Get vaccinated or um, be put on, on you know, leave. Uh, and, and people are terrified. They don't know what to do. And of course, many people are responding to the coercion by getting vaccinated. And so this was put out to address the issue of saying largely that the, the nuts and bolts of it are if, if you insist on me getting this vaccine, then you've got to be prepared to pick up the tab the line, because there's no insurance, there's no liability on the behalf of the pharmaceutical industry, the manufacturers, or anywhere else, else in the chain of provision of this vaccine. So you've got to be the one who pays for my medical care should something go wrong? Should I be harmed or should I be killed? So, but there's more to it than that. And, and I think what the value of having Jim on is that Jim has identified another major, major plank to this uh, this entire debate, which we need to include in that letter, which takes it to a much more important, much more thorough and much more objective level in terms of what people can do, what people can do understanding their rights. So Jim, please, you, you, you raised this issue some time ago, but it becomes highly relevant right now. So uh, so take it away, please. So, okay, well, yes, happy to be here as always and happy to help as always. First, we have to begin with an understanding that the, the FDA approval of Comirnaty, the uh, the Pfizer vaccine last Monday was a bait and switch. It was approved, but only for sale not in the United States. The vaccine for sale in the United States from Pfizer and BioNTech is going to be the same old EUA emergency use authorization vaccine that's been around since last December. And their justification for it was in no way uh, scientific or any. It was just we have to use up our existing stocks. Uh, and footnote eight in the approval letter is very fascinating because it says the formulations of the uh, Pfizer product and the BioNTech product are identical, but they are legally distinct, different products. It's one of the most confusing things I've ever seen in an FDA letter. And so if you if you poke through what the legal distinction is, Pfizer wants it's since the U.S. are full of litigious folk and litigious, litigious lawyers. Pfizer wants to maintain its legal immunity that it got from Trump last year uh, with the declaration of emergency. And it could only maintain that immunity from suit if it continues as an emergency countermeasure. 
So it has to continue to operate under an EUA. The minute it switches to an ordinary, everyday, uh, licensed FDA product, which was what Comarenti is, uh, then it loses its approval. Um, Sorry, it loses its immunity. And, and just like we see with the shingles vaccine, the adult vaccines, they can uh, face ordinary liability in the courts. Now, there's a bill pending in Congress, which will take the COVID vaccines and put them in VICA, the 86 Act program, but that uh, hasn't passed yet. And while that will be some improvement over the countermeasures program, because you'll at least get lawyers and a hearing and an opportunity to present expert testimony, it still doesn't work for all the reasons we are all familiar with for those who've seen the act, that that program is uh, corrupt and ineffective and an obstruction of justice, among other things, because it lacks adequate information on unvaccinated controls. And so the, the, the start of this uh, analysis for employers begins with an understanding that the vaccines available in the U.S. are still EUA vaccines. The reason there was all this hoopla about OFDA approval is because the Biden administration wants to put pressure on employers and others to mandate to require vaccines. They know government can't do it. They're trying to get around that by requiring the private sector to do it. And there's a degree of desperation that began around August 1st with the coming of the Delta variant because they realize now that the vaccines are largely ineffective, that between 25, 75%, as high as 90% of the hospitalized cases now are fully vaccinated in Israel and the UK, and it's starting to happen here in the US. CDC just published a study on Friday saying 25% of the cases in Los Angeles are fully vaccinated. So they're realizing that it doesn't work, not effective, contrary to its claim in the original (coughs) approval letters, and they invented a booster shot. And just in the last three weeks, the boosters went from eight weeks to seven weeks to six weeks to now five weeks. Uh, and trust me, they're going to be every Friday before they get done with it because the vaccine is ineffective. And boosters, each booster carries with it the same risks for death and, and, and disorder that the vaccine does the first time. And each booster is going to be less and less effective. So we're really literally playing whack-a-mole. So uh, that's the reason for the whole FDA approval lie, and I'll call it a lie because it is a lie, is to convince people that, oh, it's been mandated now, so it's safe to take. When you go to the, get the jab, the Fauci-ouchie, we can call it now, you get the, you look at the bottle, and if it says doesn't say Comerity on it, it's not FDA licensed, it's still an experiment, and I would say no thank you. So now, to answer your question, Andy, the reason that this is so important is there's a federal regulation that's in in Title 45 of the Code of Federal Regulations, Part 46, those are the human use regulations, uh, sometimes called the common rule. And it started with the Nuremberg Code in 1947, moved through the, the what's called the Belmont Report, uh, which basically describes the ethical limitations on experimenting on humans. And this was all codified in this rule in 1995, updated a few times. But basically it says if you're going to experiment on humans, You have to give them full and complete informed consent, and that includes the usual disclosure of risks and benefits, but it also includes strict instructions that the uh, consent must be voluntary, freely given, and without burden or coercion. And that's found more specifically in 45 CFR point part uh, 46.116. Now, the uh, one court has ruled so far that regulation only applies to clinical trials. But if you actually go back and read the definition of experiment, it applies to any product 
being used in humans that does not have an FDA license, which at least for now remains all the COVID vaccines available in the US. So the correct answer to your employer is, uh, federal law says you may not experiment on me, take your job and leave me alone. Now, if you are coerced, so it's the act of coercion that's illegal. It doesn't matter whether you get the vaccine or not. It doesn't matter whether if your, your employer goes on to sack you or not. It's the act of coercion that is in violation of that statute. Is that correct? Uh, uh, well, that, that's correct. So if you are, if you do suffer damage, if you're fired or disciplined or put on secret probation or required to wear a mask or in any way suffer a uh, $200 a month penalty, which is what they're doing with Delta Airlines. If any kind of penalty, that's illegal. Uh, and uh, you can either, either either wait to be fired and sue for damages or, or sue to stop the imposition of the penalty. It's obviously best to do this as a group of employees rather than in individually to keep the expenses down. If you have a union, so much better, so much the better. Try to do it through the union. But lots of people have said this all spring, that until the FDA approves the vaccine, there really can't be any mandates, despite employers trying to flirt with it. You've been listening to the Andy Wakefield Podcast. To continue the conversation, go to 1986theact.com slash membership, where for $5 a month, you can subscribe and access the Andy Wakefield Podcast in its entirety and much more.